0: This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 638, brought to you by Harry's. To get your trial shave set, go to harrys.com slash iFanboy right now. That's harrys.com slash iFanboy. And iFanboy listeners just like you. Pick of the Week, Episode six thirty eight. My name is Connie Patrick. I'm still alive, and my co host is Josh Flanagan. I am mostly alive. <laughs> well, that's a good way to put it for both of us. I think. Uh huh. Mostly alive also implies partially dead. <laughs> Just he's mostly dead. We are a fanboy. Every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks their favorite book. We call it the Pick of the Week. We talk about that book on the show. Other books we read. The patron picks of superpowers, and if you don't, you know, maybe some listener mail if we've got time. We've been running long a lot lately. Blah 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 just blah, the way, blah. The way it goes. But the most important thing is, Josh, is the show is fun it's for you, f- for me, for everyone.
1: I mean, if it wasn't for this show, guys. I mean, what would you
0: got?
1: I I mean, do well, I mean, just
0: this, and I need this show. Use your spoiler warning. It's a review show. There'll be some spoilers. Exercise some caution. And before we get to the pick, Josh, this was one of those weeks where I thought I had like a, a reasonable number of books, but by the time I actually got to reading, I, it, it creeped up to 20 books again. I could not I could not believe it. Heroes Con got us. I guess.
1: Yeah, it was the same thing. This was one of those weeks where like, I, I might have tried a couple of things, but by the time I got it, I was like, no, I'm not trying.
0: I'm not trying that. It's not.
1: I have a rule. I can't try
0: new things if I've got 20 books, which is exactly what I have. Yeah. Which is not true, actually, because there was a bunch of image oh. number ones, which I guess is technically called trying, but...
1: You know, what's funny is that I have this issue of New Superman, and I've been like, eh, I don't know if I want to keep reading this, and I didn't read it, and then I just looked at it, and it says, final issue. I was like, good choice, Josh, good choice. You just read, you read 23 of the damn things.
0: Well, I think good choices would be the name of your autobiography. Let's talk about your pick of the week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> My pick of the week
0: is uh, Marvel 2-in-1 Annual Number 1. I was mildly surprised. Yeah, Mildly surprised. But again, I'm so numb from the cold medicine for two weeks that I don't know if anything would be actual surprise.
1: This whole Marvel 2-in-1 thing has been, I want to say, a bit of a slow burn. You know, at first it was like, "Look, look at this, Jim Chung is doing this. Chip Zdarsky's writing that. That's weird. And that culminates with sort of a growing feeling of appreciation. And then a couple of weeks ago, uh, issue number six, I believe, was Pick of the Week
0: uh, when we had Jim Viscardi on. Well, you had to be convinced to read it, didn't you? I mean, you're not, you don't like Chip Zadarsky's or work normally.
1: I didn't have to be convinced. I tried it on my own. I think that I had gotten mixed up between this one and the Matt Rosenberg mm-hmm. Winter Soldier Hawkeye story. Right. I think I thought it was the same series. Oh. Because they were like it was like Marvel title, like like innocuous Marvel title. So either like Tales of Astonish or Marvel Two and One or whatever, and then the two characters are featured underneath it. So I think I thought that like they had switched arcs and the characters were different. So I read it by accident, sort of. But mm-hmm. I also saw Jim Chung and I was like, alright, let me try this. And then, you know, at the end of that first one I was like, this is really good. Mm, that's pretty, that's pretty good. And I kept going. And, and, then, and then when I had the pick of the week, I thought, well, that's going to be an end of this Fantastic Four story. And that's fine that we got that. And then this was, I saw Annual came out. I was like, oh, that's, that's weird. The other one just came out. And I saw Declan Shalvey on art. And I was like, oh, I haven't seen a lot of art from him, certainly not from Marvel in a while. And I read it. I think I might have read it first this week. And, and I just got to the end of it. I saw that Shalvey's actually going to be doing issue number seven. So he's on the next arc, presumably. Mm -hmm. Uh, of this story. And so instead of this being two in one, the thing and and Human Torch, it's the thing in Doctor Doom. So this is really kind of a continuation of what it was, Infamous Iron Man, whichever Bendis Iron Man. Infamous Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, whichever one was Doctor Doom. This is a different characterization of Doom. I don't care. Nothing makes sense. Nothing matters. Right. Like, his voice is different, but the motivations of the character are the same. You know, as I was going through this, basically, they're in a different dimension, and so there's another Doom there. So you've got Doom talking to Doom, which was really interesting to me. And you've got Ben Grimm, who really hates Doom, but they have to work together and be, you know, this grudging respect, which is a stretch of a term. I liked a lot of the psychological stuff that was going on here. And there's definitely been... A Like, I didn't read Fantastic Four for a long time, so it feels like a kind of comic that I haven't had for a long time. And even when it was around, it didn't feel like Fantastic Four. Apparently, we missed a couple of arcs, by the way, but so did everyone no, else. No, well, we,
0: we were talking about it. I read those arcs. I read all yeah. those books. So I guess I guess this is going to go all the way up until the the relaunch of Fantastic Four in August.
1: Great. But it doesn't feel like filler. It feels like a valid road towards
0: something. Right. So we got two more months, basically. Yeah. Of, so I guess... I mean, I, I assume I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to assume. I don't know. You are because, about to assume, but you're admitting well, that you don't know. If you've got issue seven, which would be this month, mm-hmm. and then eight would be next month, July, yeah. that would be it. I would assume just two more issues. But I, who knows? Right. This one kind of counts as an issue, but I mean, you could you could get something done here. Actually, the
1: next one is Thing in Human Torch instead of Thing in Doctor Doom. Doesn't matter. Thing in Doctor Doom is just for this annual. There's really good. Like the there's they refer back to the Council of Reeds. Basically, there's a lot of connecting stuff in here that was not answered after Battle World. Then it and it doesn't feel like forced or harsh. It's like they're just telling this story and it and it works for me. There's like a revamped Council of Reeds, and as you go to this room, there's a bunch of Reeds and we see them talk to each other and, and deal with Doom and and there's I don't know, that, that Doom Reed relationship is really interesting. And and the actual 616 Reed is in here, but it's not really him. It's a copy of him that he made. And the idea is that when they go to the Council of Reeds, the one that's on their world still is there. So they return to that, but they carry all the memories that they got in the other place. So it's sort of like simultaneously existing and still getting all of that experience interesting stuff. And also, I really liked Dakin Shavi's art. I, I always have. He's really, there's a little, little little fight scene in here between the dooms. And like, he's really good at the sort of bare knuckles fight scenes kind of thing. The first time I noticed that was when he was doing Northlanders for a little while. I've seen that a lot in um, Injection. There's some really great fight scenes, some storytelling sequences in there. And so I appreciate that. Jordy Belair coloring him. So that always looks good. It was just a fun issue. And like right now, out of all of these Number ones and all of these other sort of attempts at high concepts. This was the thing I had the most fun reading this week. I'm I'm digging this kind of comic book right now, which says a lot about where I am. The pick is always subjective.
0: Well, I mean, that's good. Yeah. Right. Are you enjoying this? Yeah, and this was fine. <laughs> I think I have cooled a lot on Declan Shalvey. Uh huh. I don't know if his style has changed since Thunderbolts, but I think he's a great storyteller. I just his style doesn't really do it much for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the story. I've always liked this book, so this was another good chapter of it. Doom is interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think my favorite part was the two Dooms. Basically, the Doom that he interacts with here is the super scarred face Doom, mm-hmm. which is, you know, as a kid, he was always messed up. I mean, we never saw his face ever as a right. kid. You, the peaks you got, he was always, like, burnt or scarred. And here, he's handsome Doom, and so that Doom hates him even more because he's handsome Doom, and... But there's a lot
1: of psychological issues. Because he, he is still running on intellect, though, he's reasonable about things. And so he doesn't automatically just attack the other Doom. Like, he recognizes there might be something to hearing him out or to interacting with him, which he respects himself, really. It's mm-hmm. that circular thing, which I enjoy.
0: And also, I mean, there's no more worse situation for a Doom than a Council of Reeds. So that, it's fun when Doom's—it's mm-hmm. not just one Reed he's got to deal with. It's all these Reeds.
1: And I, I like the entire time that he's in the Council of Reeds, like his face is sort of screwed up in distaste. Yeah. Like he's, and he's mad and he's actually losing control of his. It actually plays a little more realistic than the serene doom that Bendis was writing. Like it, mm-hmm. it, it sort of carries a little more like he's doing it and he believes in it, but he's having a hard time being really happy about it. And you could go either way with it, but we're actually getting a taste of both, you know, where like the other doom would kind of accept he's like, no, I'm doing the good thing now and I feel much better about it. Whereas this doom is doing it and he knows it's the right thing, but this old thing still rankle him because he's doom.
0: I wonder what they're going to do when they start over in August. I mean, there's a lot of baggage Fantastic Four-wise, and I think we've been seeing it here. You know, all these things that Reed did, and Mm -hmm. I feel like they just need to sort of clean slate it. Yeah. Not reboot, but like – Yeah. Just stop stop referencing all the other – this is fine because they're wrapping it up, but Mm -hmm. I think going forward they need to – I'm sorry. Remind me again who's doing it. It's Dan Slott and Sarah (sighs) Pacelli. Okay. I'm really excited for because Dan Slott's Silver Surfer run was one of the best Marvel books of the last couple of years. All right, I think he has that Kirby thing down really well. Hmm. So I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I think they just need to move forward once that book starts. Let's yep. wrap it up here, and then let's move forward. But I, I mean, it's fun. It's a fun book for sure, and I'm glad you like it so much.
1: Yeah, I, I like it. I enjoyed it. There we are. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Yep. Nothing wrong with it. Also, like, there really, I wasn't. I wasn't reaching for it. You know what I mean? Like, I I looked at everything. I was like, that's the favorite thing. I read this book. There wasn't a, this was a tough choice. This was whatever. I just was like, that's what I wanted from comics this week. And and sometimes that's a little easier because when there's so many comics, Mm -hmm. and you've got, it depends on the week, but you've got some weeks where comics are trying to introduce themselves to you frequently, and you're just like, it's a lot of, it's kind of a lot of work to like, am I supposed to like this? There's a lot of number ones this week. Yeah. And that- A lot of introductory stuff. That can get tiring, I think. So- this one was just like, okay, I know all the stakes and we can just start running. You know, like, right. that's something that's nice about ongoing comics. And depending on your week, that's what you want.
0: So this week we had Thor number one, as we have many ones, number ones we're going to talk about this week from Jason Aaron, Mike Delmundo, and Christian Ward. Mike of the world. I find this art choice fascinating. I was thinking that. I like him a lot, but. It seems very challenging for a, such a high-profile book. I had exactly the same thought.
1: I, I first came upon, um, during Battle World. Jason Aaron did a miniseries in there of uh, Archon, or I forget what the name of the character was, but he did it with with Mike Del Mundo, which I just happened to find, and I read it, and I was like, this dude is amazing, which mm-hmm. I want that to be clear when we're talking about this yeah. right now. Yeah. He's amazing. He's doing all of the art and color. And it has got doesn't look like anybody else's thing. And, and it's it's really kind of fantasy. It's basically, you know, there's a lot of um, Frazetta in this, I think. But then also sort of a cartooniness that I really like. Now, when I was reading this, I was like, wow, going from Isad Rebek to Russell Dauterman, neither of whom are terribly, very both very good, but not terribly challenging. Whereas this is definitely outside of that mold. It'll be interesting to see how it plays.
0: Douterman and Ribic are both sort of epic Marvel mm-hmm. artists. Their style fits the very grand scale of a Thor book, whereas this feels very—I want to say—grounded, but mm-hmm. it has a much more indie bend. than. I'd say the
1: camera is way close up for a lot of this. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm yeah. noticing as I'm looking. The for scale it. is tighter for sure. Yeah, like we're really like living with the people and in their faces, and we haven't. There's not a lot of that big from a distant shot. Actually, looking through the whole thing, it's very up close, which is kind of... Weird World was the name of that. Ar- Archon, I think, was the character in it. Sorry. And then if you switch in here to the space stuff, it's by Christian Ward, who we uh, was on that Black Bolt book that we talked mm-hmm. about. I don't know how much that's going to continue, but that fits. The two styles actually meld together pretty well. Sure. What did you think, like, sto- story-wise? Are you, I mean, you're back to Thor. Yeah, no, it's, it's
0: good. I mean, yeah. Thor's back. He's got... A bunch of hammers that don't work as well as Mjolnir, and he's back being Thor. He fights Juggernaut here, which I thought was fun. That was fun. I like Juggernaut a lot. I
1: liked, I liked that whole, that interchange. Uh, what's interesting, too, is that I texted you. I was like, make sure you read Thor. And you're just like, I do. And the, the, the last page reveal actually, like, I was like, wow, that's a good last page reveal. On the main story, yeah, I think I guess this is the second story, but it's the end. It's the last page of the book. So oh. uh, we go into space at the end, and and like basically the universe is dying or it's already dead, but they're yes, just yes. like on the edge of it. And so he Thor tries to go into the abyss to figure out what's going on, and you know the last thing is hey bub, and it's like wizened old Wolverine with the phoenix around him, sort of the last surviving being Human. in
0: space. Yeah. And
1: uh, I was like, all right, I didn't see that coming.
0: Yeah, the second story is Old King Thor, however yeah. they're calling him, with his three granddaughters as the universe is dying. It's the end. They remade Earth with their new race of humans, but it doesn't matter because the universe is dying. And Thor goes to as far out as he can go to figure out what's happening and runs into the Phoenix Force as held by Logan. I mean, I thought this was a solid issue. I liked Christian Ward's art a lot in the second part. I might have liked it a little bit more than Del Mundo's in the first part. It's, it's a very fun style for Thor. Chase Aaron's been riding Thor for however long he's been riding Thor. He's got it all down, you know. Loki's good in the first part. Yep. How Thor's living on a boat.
1: I like that Thor is on his way back to being Thor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like like we're not pushing him further away from being Thor, which I think was the thing.
0: You know what I will say? He looks weird with the helmet and the short hair. Uh, yeah, but that's just sort of the... I mean not not when the helmet's off, I get that, but like when he's not when he's got it on and there's no flowing hair about mm-hmm. around it, it's it just it just looks weird. I didn't really notice. But I think that's because
1: I've seen so many different looks for Thor in this book on its own. hmm You know, like there's three Thor's
0: that we've been following basically, so I kind of just go with it. He fights a submariner, he fights Juggernaut, he mm-hmm. fights a, a shark. He lives in a boat in Newark. There's a very conservationist theme space shark story going on here. Yes. Which I think is nice, as opposed to just beating up sharks.
1: Christian Ward draws a good shark.
0: If Thor lives in Newark, then they're really missing the opportunity to have a Thor, Miss Marvel team up.
1: I do I have to say, I love Thor living on an old boat. I really <laughs> like that. Like, he has a crash pad because like he's kind of down and out. Yeah. It's, it's like Chevy Chase could play in the movie now. Like in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. No, it's a fun book. It was good. I liked it. I think that people are going to have to brace themselves a little bit for what is probably going to be an over-examination of Brian Michael Bendis' Superman work. That's fine. I'm into it. I think there's going to have to be multiple um, (laughs) check-ins because we're seeing development every week. There was a very specific moment this week where I believe that you said that the Bendis needed to be turned up. Yeah. There were
0: clear signs of that this week. There was definitely some Yiddish... The Man of Steel number three, yes, it it, it definitely felt more Bendis-y. Uh-huh. Uh huh. At the same time, there were things about this I'm worried about. This might come as a surprise. I really loved his kind of wacky Batman. Mm-hmm. It reminded me a lot of you know the old Justice League Giffen books, where Batman was kind of the comic relief straight man, and here right. he's here he's kind of that way again. I kind of I really like that. Like he's a square. You know, have you tried using location map pins? <laughs> Sometimes they make a shape. <laughs> That's how I caught penguin. <laughs> Made a shape. It is very funny. <laughs> it was. Uh, you're right. I mean, this is. I think it's interesting. He clearly. It's not as fully formed as say when he went to Marvel for his indie work mm-hmm. and started doing you know Spider-Man yeah. and, and then the Avengers. This is more like. I think we can. I think we're watching him finding his footing as he's writing it.
1: Which I, I think to be it's, it's kind of fun and fascinating. Like. You know, he gets sure. the he gets the benefit of the doubt that a lot of newcomers don't, that he's going to figure it out and it's going to be interesting. So, you know, fair play to him.
0: What I find interesting, I think, I guess I didn't really clock it as it's happening, but there has been these one or two page Jason Fabok inserts, I guess, that are either flashbacks or flash forwards. We don't know yet what they are of Clark and Lois and Jonathan. It's the only time we've really seen Lo- Lois and Jonathan in these books at all. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really curious to know what's going on there, I think he's doing a good job with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the Supergirl in here. The thing that concerns me, and this is the issue as the as this this guy, this character whose name we don't know, who's, who showed up in the in that first issue special, Steroid
1: Taskmaster.
0: Yeah, he's come to Earth, mm-hmm. and the thing that worries me is that they're sort of setting him up as the guy who destroyed Krypton. And I don't want that to be a thing. Right. This is much much in the in the line we've been talking about of yep. There's always been a green arrow, or like there's, there's, there's always got to be some sort of grand conspiracy. I just want Krypton to have blown up because of the hubris of the people of Krypton, which is a much more powerful thing than some guy got mad at Krypton and blew it up.
1: Yeah, even if that was because of their hubris.
0: I just don't want that to be a thing. I hope um, it's not. I hope it's a red herring.
1: Let's not, let's not overlook the rare and special thing that is a, a full issue of uh, Ryan Sook sequentials.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: It actually happens so infrequently that I kind of forget. And I'll be looking through it and going, "Ah, man, that's good. Like his his Superman face and head is perfect. Yeah. There's some really nice acting that goes on in this. Like it's just, I really like the line work that he does. And actually the layouts in this are, are really good. There's a lot of sort of historically iconic types of images that happen in this. And the layouts are interesting and... There's just a lot of really cool things to look at in this, but at the center of it is this sort of really rock solid Superman, mm-hmm. which I dig.
0: Yeah, I mean that's it's, and is really good at getting these guys to do work. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, I don't know what Ryan Suck's been doing, but certainly not been in any comics I've seen. Oh,
1: I haven't feel like I haven't seen him regularly since Multiple Man or whatever that Mad Rock series forever ago. That was like over a decade ago.
0: Well over a decade. He'll yeah.
1: do a thing here here and there. Yeah, I mean, like, at the end of the day, like, I don't think this is, like, the best comic series going, but right now it's one of the most interesting just because of the factors at play.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, it's also interesting. I mean, it's interesting to see that this is not getting, I think, the sort of seismic reaction that DC thought it would. Yeah. Yeah. Is it not? I don't even know. Sales-wise, it's it's not. It's selling good but not great. Uh Uh-huh. I think people are just sort of bewildered because it still happens so quickly. I mean, we only been this only was like, I'm leaving was like, I don't know, for like two months ago. No, it was uh, the end of the year, beginning of the year.
1: And then right away he was like, I almost died. So it was a couple of things one after another. Or I don't forget what the order was, but, you know, like Superman's, Superman's got a lot of baggage. People have decided one thing or another about him and yeah. I don't know. He's not for some reason like it's hard to make him the big the big deal, which seems antithetical.
0: It's unfortunate. It's comics. I'm enjoying it, even if I'm not liking everything about it. Yeah, I am enjoying it. Did you read the Weatherman number one? I did. I
1: did. I think for a little bit, I thought that this would be the patron pick, and I started to read it, and then afterwards, I was glad I read it, even though it wasn't the patron pick. And I recognize. I think this is the writer who did Shirtless Bear Fighter, which I mm-hmm. didn't keep reading. Mm-hmm. But it's paired with uh, Nathan Fox uh, on art and Dave Stewart on colors. So that's that's a good team. Basically, sure. uh, it's a future sci-fi story, Mars 2770. There's uh, sort of an artificial atmosphere and world that they have developed there. And it's uh, a lot like our own world. It sort of reminds me of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And there's some sort of futuristic things, but you've also been like, wow, you think they'd have come a lot further than this in 700 years. <laughs> And they didn't. But I I think that that actually plays. And it, it, it's very like a slow reveal of what this world is and what's going on. Um, there's this weatherman. It seems like it's going to be a wacky comedy thing. And he sort of wakes up five minutes before he's supposed to go on. And he comes in and he does great. And everybody loves him uh, on the weather because he's fun and he's open. And then there's this whole other story that sort of reveals itself at the end where you're sort of getting a lot of twists and turns that you don't expect. I don't
0: really want to give it away because folks probably didn't read it i don't but at the same time one of my main takeaways is to deal exactly with that okay and i'll, tr- I'll try not to how can i say it? what's interesting i'm finding is that apparently the new image genre is one guy fucked up the whole world <laughs> uh-huh okay there's i there's at least analog is about that yep and there's another one i which i'm blanking uh, out the, right now black science i don't know if that's a conscious thing but there's been a bunch of image books about mm-hmm. you know one guy having totally fucked up the whole world. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm curious if that is uh, a manifestation of people's anxieties. But that's what this one is as well. I like this one. I thought the art, Nathan Fox art was really great. Yeah. As I was reading it, I was like, I don't know what this is. And that's kind of fun. As you said, I was like, is this a comedy book about a wacky weatherman? That doesn't seem sustainable. And then, of course, it's revealed that it's more than that. But I liked it. I like the world building in it um I thought the sci-fi elements were fun. I I I guess I didn't re- realize how far in the future it was. It it does sort of seem it's not it should be not as far, but I guess if you're terraforming Mars it's got to be pretty far. Yeah, and also it
1: seems like it's like it's not a wealthy area. So, you know, like maybe there are places where it's much further advanced, but like I could see that happening like a bunch of people get a lot of the advanced tech and then a lot, a lot of them don't. So like we went through this long period of Amazing technical prowess, you know, and then maybe it slows down. Maybe we we run ourselves to the ground, and we get stuck in this, Right. you know, for our own version of the Middle Ages or the Dark Ages, but on a different planet, which I think is interesting. Right. A lot, there were a lot of interesting ideas, I you know, and and at, at the end of the whole thing, I was like, wow, that was really that was something. And and I know that I know what you're saying, uh, but I still found it interesting nonetheless. Kind of sci-fi I really like.
0: I don't think it's a detriment. I just found it fascinating that, that this is another. Another image book about one guy who who secretly uh, destroyed everything. Mm -hmm. It's in the water somewhere. I wanted to mention Titans Special Number One, which is coming out of the events of No Justice, which for a miniseries that I don't think a lot of people read, is making a big impact on these books. So out of No Justice, in which the Teen Titans or the Titans and Teen Titans and a bunch of villains teamed up with the Justice League to save the world, but not really doing it. So I guess one of the things that happened. When the source wall broke, in addition to that mysterious thing that's coming towards Earth in the Justice League books, is that a wave of energy came out and went through the planet and activated a bunch of new superheroes. And so this is very similar to the Terrigen Mists and also super similar to what they're doing on the Flash TV show where the dark energy thing blew up and caused all the superheroes to be born. So it just seems very – it felt very like we're doing this mm-hmm. kind of situation. So here we have the Justice League tasking Nightwing with forming a new team that's affiliated with the Justice League that has their own office in the Justice League building, which I love more, Justice League bureaucracy, mm-hmm. that goes out to deal with these new emerging heroes. They don't have a Cerebro yet, but I'm assuming they'll get one. And so basically, Nightwing just reforms the Titans to do that. So this is a, a building the team issue, which I liked. A lot of different artists on it. Yeah. So I don't know who's going to be drawing Titans and moving forward. It seems odd that they're not going to be restarting the Titans in the new number one like they did Justice League because it's like, next issue, Titans 27. Connor. Yeah. Listen. I know. Nothing makes sense. We have a matters. But it's a good team. It's a good sort of mix of old and new Titans, Miss Marvel and the, and the female Steel, along with Donna Troy and, and Changeling and Raven. This was fun. I like these characters together. It's still Dan Abnett who's been writing this series the whole time. He's got a good handle on these characters. I just like a more Justice League bureaucracy. Yeah, this was good. And the, Titan, the, the Titans book has been quietly very solid. Dan Abnett has a, a quality ability. Yeah. So it's unsurprising. I will say this. The thing I enjoyed most about reading this book was seeing how every artist interpreted Nightwing's mask. Some people drew it super tiny. Some people drew it super big. But I guess that's art for you. <laughs> I am I am so That's the up. next shirt. It won't sell, but. <laughs> I, guess, I, am, I have so many drugs in my body right now. Uh-huh. The one thing I haven't done yet is showered because we're doing this very early in the morning. For well, me, it's, anyway. I got three hours on you, and I have not showered either. But I'm looking forward to showering as soon as the show's over. And mostly because after I'm showering, I can shave with my Harry's razors. Mm-hmm. I haven't done that in two days and I really need to. It's like sandpaper. That's what I love most about my Harry's razors is that I come out feeling fresh and clean and ready to face the day no matter how sick I feel. It's part of the showering experience for me. I shower and I shave and after I come out of their bathroom, I feel much better about You don't life. do it in the shower.
1: No, I did that for a while, and it was just a mess. Somebody gave me that advice a long time ago, to do all of those things at once, because apparently the steam from the shower keeps your face, you oh, know. Oh, sure. But yeah. logistically, like, I feel like I've got most of the benefit if I do it immediately after. So I do that.
0: What I would have to do would be then to touch it up when I got out of the shower. Right. With Because I need, didn't have a mirror in there. And so right. it's like, well, if I'm going to do it again, then I'm You've got to get one of those fogless mirrors. Yeah, well... I don't got anywhere to put that. No, anyway, the point, the point is I stopped doing that. It was okay. also feel like a mess. <laughs> you know? You got your – water's bouncing off your arms all over the place. Sure. Gone all over the bathroom. So I stopped doing that. Anyway, I like feeling fresh and clean and new after my sh- shower and shave. And that's one of the great things about Harry's razors is that we know the blades are great. And so the shave is great. And so I feel even better afterwards. Harry's stand behind the quality of their blades. But they know that switching razors isn't an easy decision, so they created a trial offer. And you can claim yours by going to harrys.com slash ifanboy. Harry's founders were fed up with overpaying for expensive razors with unnecessary features. They knew a great shave. comes down to great blades made with sharp, durable steel that lasts. Josh, what's the German word for for blade factory? Do we know? Uh, Something fabric. Yeah, we didn't. That's why they bought the factory in Germany. that makes some of the highest quality blades in the world for 95 years. They've got their own factory. And by selling directly to you over the internet, Harry's can offer their blades at a price much lower than the leading brand, just $2 per blade compared to $4 or more at your local store. And quality guarantee, if you don't love your shave, you let Harry's know within 30 days and they'll give you a full refund. And that is pretty terrific. Now, here's your trial offer. You get a $13 value trial set that comes with everything you need for a close, comfortable shave, your weighted ergonomic handle, your five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade, your rich lathering shave gel, and your travel blade cover, essential. For those who are on the go, here's what you do: you go to Harry's dot com slash i fanboy to get your trial shave set. Harry's dot com slash i That's how you do it. You can't not do it. If you're shaving your face, you got to go to Harry's dot com slash i fanboy.
1: Reiserklingenfabrik.
0: Reiser fabric.
1: My German pronunciation is, I'm positive, quite bad. And that's that's the word for German blade factory. Uh, razor blade factory. Okay. I think you'd add. Deutschland to the end of it. <laughs> Deutschland and
0: fabric and Klingen. Ryzen Klingen Fabrik. Sounds good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I wanted to talk about the Wild Storm, Michael Cray number eight. I've done this before. The reason that this is uh, relevant is I think since the last time one of these came out, it's been announced that Brian Edward Hill uh, is going to do... It's not... Detective. He's, he's, he's going to do Detective. I don't think he's the... I think he's doing an arc. It's Michael Morecci on it right now. No, no.
0: Morecci is the fill-in. Okay. Brian Hill said on Twitter they were doing a fill-in issue. Okay. Before his run started. It came out this week. It was just a one-shot uh, yeah. mystery. So,
1: regardless, first issue came out, and I, I couldn't really know what it was, and I read it, and I wasn't sure. And then each issue since then, I've been more and more impressed by the writing in this series. And basically, this, this is basically an World story. It's part of the Wildstorm thing, but it really is a world where this Wildstorm guy goes around, trying to take out the superheroes who are all bad guys. So the last issue was he found Constantine, uh, and Constantine was working for Wonder Woman, and so there's some twists and turns. But really there's some, at at the heart of this, is really good character work that's going on that sort of plays with these other versions of the characters, but the core of the character actually seems to be pretty much the same. It's fairly sophisticated, and, and like, subtle and a lot of guys you know he's done comics I think he worked for top cow for a while but a lot of guys who are new into this you know they'll the hammer you over the head with stuff or or bore you to death and this is ne- this is neither of those things it's a really nice slow build to the story we're eight issues in i'm completely in uh i'm digging it i assume this was like a six or seven or I- I mean, issue. 12 i'm gonna guess 12 i'm not sure but like the main Wildstorm, the wa- the warren ellis one is is only t- 24
0: which psycho hero is this week Josh. It's a
1: continuation of the story, though. So we've got Constantine and Wonder Woman still, which is sort of the first time that, like, all these hero of the week person, you know, like, they're all sort of coming together in one story. So, like, last last issue was uh, Constantine, but then at the end it was revealed that Wonder Woman was involved. And so this one would technically be Wonder Woman.
0: Mm. It's good. I like it. I'm impressed. So I have good feelings about Detective. So this week, Josh, the biggest comic in the history of the world came out. Mm-hmm. The Magic Order, number one, from Mark Miller and Olivier Coipel. This is Miller's first comic from his Netflix deal. If you don't know, Netflix purchased Miller World, Mark Miller's creative output. And this is the first book. Under that deal, published by Image Comics, so you can imagine this series is probably in development at Netflix, it was fine. It was fine. It looked really good. Yep. I had a
1: little trouble telling the characters apart. Yes. There was a guy uh, in a top hat who, when he didn't have the top hat on, looked pretty much like a combination of the other two blonde guys, which was a weird choice. That would make sense because he's their dad, isn't he? I guess. But, you know, it's a graphic medium, and I don't know who any
0: of them are, so find a way. They they all have very similar faces, I guess, because, again, they're a family. But right. like when they're all wearing fedoras, it's, it was hard to tell. Mm-hmm. Also, the guy who was supposed to be their father didn't really look much older than them, except for a couple yeah. of shots. I don't know if that's because he's magical or if that was just a you know, an art thing, but mm-hmm. I mean I liked it. Yeah. I didn't like it. I had a fun time reading it. I didn't love it. I like the style a lot. It's mm-hmm. you know, it's uh it's your modern styles where everyone's in trench coats and fedoras and it's
1: it's yeah. not far from the sort of tone and pacing of the Jupiter's legacy stuff. Jupiter yes. circle stuff. It's very close to that, but with magicians instead of superheroes.
0: It, he has cycled back ever so slightly to ultraviolence. Uh huh. Not to the extent he was in No. However long ago, when he was doing *Superior* and those other books, or *Kick-Ass*, but like, and I still—I know he's still doing *Kick-Ass*. He reads the room, and he plays to it. So when it was when it was all about ultraviolence, he did that. And then when there was a backlash, he he turned away with *Starlight* and other books that were *Huck*, mm-hmm. that were not like that. And now he's sort of in a happy medium. Whereas *Jupiter's Legacy* was a very interesting and layered and nuanced book, especially the the flashback second arc. It was also had a lot of ultraviolence. This mm-hmm. one it's pretty violent op- opening cold open yes i mean i i think this is really intriguing i think you know this is basically bad wizards you know it's mm-hmm. take, take superheroes and just give them magical powers instead of superpowers and wands and stuff and this is basically the same story you know you've got good wizards protecting us from evil it's basically harry potter and then you've got the bad wizards who are causing trouble and so there wasn't en- enough here to really good no not we really going. i will tell you the
1: the Netflix thing is weird.
0: What do you mean? I don't know.
1: I get why they did it, but it's just like such a strange entry into the comic book space. And I was like, did anyone tell them about
0: comic books? Well, not, it's not an entry into the comic space. I all. know, but it, it's an entry into development. It's yeah, I know. It's, a,
1: it's an IP grab, but like they're the, like the back of the book has a big Netflix logo in it. Like it, you know, it's present anyway.
0: It's yeah, um, they, yeah they, they don't care less about what the book sells.
1: No, I know. It's about, it's about ideas, but I know. yeah.
0: It's just interesting. That's all I'm getting at. There's one guy you're going to pick to Oh no, it's buy, it's, buy. it's, it's no the buys. It's the right
1: call and he could have definitely sold it in the in the meeting. I have no doubt. Uh he he will he will make that commitment in the room. If there was anybody vying for pick of the week contender again, it probably would have been Mr. Miracle number 9. Mm-hmm. Apparently the war is over and they're in negotiations or the war's nearly over and they're in negotiations. I loved every single second of reading this book and every single second of looking at it, which are almost two experiences, but you know, because you sort of go through and read it. And then at the same time, like, I notice, and like, well, look what this looks like. Because sometimes when the storytelling's working really well, you kind of aren't noticing it, which is what it's supposed to do. But then you want to notice it. Specifically, like, there was, I like work scot free versus backroom scot free. Mm-hmm. I, I read, it's one of my favorite things about this. I liked, I like the slaves holding up the table. <laughs> I liked, I like that a lot. I was like, oh man, like, you have this one idea, and then you're like, right, you constantly remember that this guy was brought up, you know, on Apocalypse. Which, I like, at one point, Calabac, you know, picks up and throws the guy. And he throws him so hard that he explodes against the wall. And Mr. Miracle has to play it off completely cool and smoothly. And then later we cut to him and he's, like, shivering and shaking because he feels bad about it. Mm-hmm. It's just it's such a nice psychological sort of exploration, I guess, in this really extreme world. But it, it speaks to me.
0: This issue is probably the closest thing you're going to get to, like pure bureaucracy in the dcu
1: i yeah no there there was that too i was like is that calabac are they oh this is like once i dawned on me what was happening i was like this is great
0: you pull those reading glasses so you could read the.
1: that was awesome and it had the little motion line for the clicking it open i was like what's going on here and i was like oh my god calabac has reading glasses
0: yeah no i mean this this has been great i i I just the the meta mystery of what this actually is to me is, is the most interesting because there was another book this week that featured oh it was uh Green Lanterns that featured the mm-hmm. New Gods, and it's the terrible New Who's To Do versions of the New Gods. Uh-huh. And then you have this book, which is the classic Kirby New Gods, and you're just like, what is happening here? And there's another page where it fuzzes out like an old VHS tape, and suddenly Calabac starts looking very much like a Kirby drawing. Mm-hmm. So for me, the thing I'm really interested in here is what is actually happening here, not so much the actual story. It's See, I don't care about that. I could, I could do without that entirely. That's really why I'm, I love this book, is mm-hmm. what is going on here? What is? dark side is because there's something going on otherwise they wouldn't keep bringing this right. chief back of this is like an old vhs tape that we're, we're looking at see i think that that scares me
1: like i Why? feel like that it, at the end if that's something stupid it's gonna it's gonna ruin the whole thing for me in some way mm. No, i don't i don't think that it will be stupid but it's the same thing where like it has to have this twist it can't just be this story like it has to have that other higher concept you know but the whole thing was in the mind of Funky Flashman. like, And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think Tom King is going to do that, but I've been trained enough to be wary of it, I think. Did you read Stellar? I did. Well, I didn't finish it. From our new uh, highfalutin friend, Joseph Keating? Oh. I got like part of the way through it, and I was like, it's
0: not for me, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was interesting. This kind of like Weatherman was another first issue where I don't think I have enough to go on. Mm-hmm. Was it Weatherman? Did I say that? I don't even remember anymore. That's how long I'm yes. um, up. It was a very much a first issue where, and we, we've talked about this in the past many times, that sometimes mm-hmm. these first issues just aren't enough mm-hmm. to know what you're really in for. This was fine, but hey. I'd like to know more.
1: Actually, at the end of it, she's saying, I'm saying I murdered tomorrow. And I was like, so it's another one of those?
0: Of the person ruins the world? That could be it, yeah. There's no, I mean, it's all over the place with Image. Yeah. One person is responsible for destroying everything. Everyone's feeling really guilty right now.
1: Yeah. And also thinking that one person can make a huge difference. It's like we're taking, like, it's, it's, I was going to say we, but like, it's like everybody's taking responsibility for everything that's happening, even though it's being blamed on one person or something like that. And there's a lot of post apocalyptic, like, get it the heck out of this world. But put the feelings that we have for this world into that one, or the fears that we have about a really broken and sad world that might come at some point, and that's mm-hmm. all over the place. Which is, by the
0: way, exactly why pick of the week was Marvel Two and One Annual Number One. <laughs> oh yeah, she at one point she says here they've been through enough. I destroyed all of they ha- had once before, mm-hmm. so she also destroyed everything. I mean, that was, was the Autumn Lands, the same kind of thing. There was
1: that guy with all the animals, the Kurt Busiek book. Um, yeah. there was, there's, there's, you know, there's black science. It's interesting. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I don't know if I'm going to continue with this one. I'm wondering if the connectedness of comics through social media has caused a zeitgeist and a reverberation of concepts because everybody is so much more in contact with each other than they ever used to be.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, they all used to go into the office and work there. So and at <laughs> one point they were all written by the same two guys. So right. who knows? <laughs> I think it's more political. Maybe, maybe. Uh, let's let's very quickly drop into Star Wars corner, and I've talked about this book before too. But I wanted to, I kind of uh, was talking about Star Wars Thrawn number five by Jody Hauser with art by Luke Ross, and uh, this book's great. It mm. really, it feels like reading one of those old Star Wars novels where it's just basically like. Very reductively, it's Sherlock Holmes as an Imperial Admiral, right? Like he's a step of everybody. He knows what's is going on. Is he an admiral on. or
0: is he a Grand Admiral? He's
1: an admiral at this point, I think. And he was—he wasn't that. He was just sort of a middle level officer before, uh, and then he was—he was raised up. So like, there's a lot going on, and there's a lot of subtext and a lot of intrigue, and uh, you know, and uh, I think it's Grand Admiral Yolaren, uh, who's the guy in white with the big mustache. You may remember him from. Uh, the scene in the first in in A New Hope Uh, he's in this like it's very sophisticated and it's very interesting the Luke Ross uh, art is great Thrawn Thrawn is a super interesting character when you you know give him time like this wouldn't fit in like a Star Wars movie it would be terrible because it wouldn't play the same way that it does in the novels or in the comic books but it's it's been a really fun series I've enjoyed it quite a bit I guess it was a mini I, I can't imagine this would be an ongoing but I don't know
0: is it your favorite Star Wars book right now is it I don't know. You were all mad at Star Wars last week, and you've got Vader. I guess right now. Are there
1: any other books? So it's just those three? Dr. Aphra, Star Wars, and Vader. Vader's really good, actually. I like Vader a lot, too. So Vader and Aphra used to be the same thing, but they're not. Now they're sort of two different things. So Aphra's leaving me behind. And then there was the, we can, I mean, we can't forgive the wedge.
0: No, Never forget. Never forget. Let's go to Patron's Pick, which is at patreon.com ifanboy. All the patrons who are supporting the show can vote on a book to add to the rundown. Every patron at any level can vote. And this week, very robust voting. Lots of books got votes. It was pretty close for a while until at the very end, Hawkman number one soared away from the competition and took the patron pick. And this is the first issue of a new Hawkman book written by Robert Venditti, who writes Green Lantern... Uh, Hal Jordan, The Green Lanterns, and he also came up for us on The Surrogates. And the mailroom of top-shelf comics, literally. Brian Hitch on art, who was one of the most important comic artists of the last 20 years. Uh-huh. Previously on Justice League. I have two thoughts, two main thoughts to kick off. One is that when they said Brian Hitch, I was not enthused. I think that's interesting. And I had the same thought, but also while reading it. Go on. But by the end of it, I was okay with it for some reason. I thought he did a good job. He's never going to be what he was before, the guy who changed the look of comics. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, like, a lot of those elements are still there. There were shots in this. But I was like, no, but it just, it's just not, not going to be ever that special Right, again. sure. I think a lot of the work he's done recently, when he, when he drew Justice League for a couple of issues, was really sort of stiff
1: mm-hmm.
0: and lifeless. This felt like he cut loose a little bit more. Yeah, I'll give you that. And it was looser. It, it had energy to it. There was some, There's a big-ass battle in the beginning when... Hawkman's fighting that giant stone flying gorilla. I thought that was a nice sequence. Mm-hmm. You know, his faces are always, are weird sometimes, but they didn't I don't know. I just I just liked the look of this book more than I thought I was going to. I think maybe I had my expectations were super low, but I ended up being pleasantly surprised by the way it looked. And then my other thought was I'm a big Hawkman fan. <laughs> and so I was excited when they announced it, but then I, I started reading it and I was like, oh great, another book about who am I? Yep. I'm Hawkman, but but by the end they kind of sort of condensed it down to basically just saying, "I am this guy. Mm-hmm. I'm Carter Hall. I'm Hawkman," and that's just it. And that's I mean, if we have the double page spread where he sees all the Hawkmen that's ever been, all the different versions, and he says, "Kind of, oh, I have been all these people. I haven't just been reincarnating across time. I've been reincarnating across space." And as long as this is now put to bed and it's just we just move forward with Carter Hall Hawkman being a superhero then then that's great. But I'm sure they won't do that. Uh no. Hearing people doing that.
1: No, I I have no trust that that's not going to happen and so uh, I am not a Hawkman fan. That doesn't say I'm mm-hmm. against Hawkman. I've just never read a single Hawkman thing that I found interesting. Mhm. I've had him be in things that were sort of interesting, but it wasn't ever him that was interesting because he is such a black
0: hole of plot. Oh, for sure. For the last 20 years, the only Hawkman plot they seem to be able to come up with is, who is Hawkman? Yeah. And they just can't seem to tell a Hawkman story. Because, because the, here's
1: all. the thing. They don't fucking know who Hawkman is. So they don't just right. pick a lane and go with it. That's got to be the right. story that we don't know what to do. and And it's boring. And I really got that same feeling from this. I think I thought the same as you on the hitch art. I didn't love it, but I was like, oh, I don't hate it. You know, like, not that I hate it, but you know, like there's, it's always been sort of underwhelming in a way. And I thought there was, yeah, I think a looseness. I think you described it really well. I'm going to go with everything you said there, but I was bored stiff. I just, I didn't care. Like it was, this mm-hmm. was a tough one to read for me. Cause I just, it, it wasn't bad. It just was, you know, it was, mm-hmm. it happened. And I don't care. Like, and I absolutely entered with a bias Mm -hmm. in terms of like, this is, you know, like you'd have to be, it would have to be amazing. And it's always like this, I don't know, it's always this style, like even Brian Hitch, you know, who's Brian Hitch, but like, you know, muscly superhero kind of deal. Like, I mean, like, I just feel like they need to approach Hawkman from a completely different direction if they want to make it interesting to me. And, and that isn't, hasn't happened. The cover was boring. The,
0: logo was boring it was just all like here's you know eggs and toast I did a our dear departed I found mini did a whole mini episode about Hawkman and this very problem and this was I don't know 10 years ago and that was the, you know they, they it had already been a 10-year problem at that point you know there are all kinds of business problems behind the scenes that people will never understand who don't work there so we don't know why they why mm-hmm. things are the way they are really But it just astounds me that they can't just sit down and realize that they've been trying to tell the story now for 20 years and it doesn't work. No one cares. Jeff Johns couldn't do it. Take a different tack. He did the most successfully, and that wasn't even all that successful. Just clear the deck. Pick one of these versions of Hawkman and just move forward with that version of him. And don't do any stories about him wondering who he is. Don't do any stories about him finding out there are other, other Hawkmen. Don't do any stories, even about reincarnation. Just tell a Hawkman story. What is it that makes Hawkman unique? and tell a story about that. Mm-hmm. And don't tell me the thing that makes me unique is that he doesn't know who he is because that's, that's not unique and it's also annoying at this point.
1: You have to tell us who he is.
0: Yeah, it's just, it's weird. It's really weird that they don't see that. Uh-huh. I don't understand why. Well. <laughs> so there you go. Let's do ratings. Ratings. I'm going to give it a 3.5 out of 5. I did enjoy reading it even though I was annoyed Two by it. Two
1: and a quarter. Hmm. It, like, it wasn't bad. I just, I don't care. It, it it elicited no, even the shot of the gorilla. I was like, I've seen that shot of that gorilla in that pose before. Like, it was good. Technically, it was all where it was supposed to be. But it was just so like, here's comic book stuff from mediocre superhero comic books. Sticking with it. No. Are you sure?
0: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: I barely finished this one. I will definitely be sticking with it because I love Hawkman. Yeah. Different strokes for different folks. Yeah. All right, let's toast some patron powers every week at patreon.com slash People who vote up, who vote up, who join up, get their own dumb superpower at the $5 or higher level. And every week on the show, we like to thank them for doing so. We'll thank our first patron, Dan Carson. Dan has individual beard hair control. Like Medusa from the Inhumans? Yes, but only for his beard hair. Does that include sideburns and mustache? Yes. It fa- okay. Let's say facial hair. So anything below the, the the bottom curve of the ear? Anything below the ear, he can move independently. Okay. Can it grow? He can't grow it. He just can move it. So he's if he needs it to be like a, you know, useful, he's got to it's gonna take a while to grow it out. He can't make it grow, but he once it's there, he can move it. So this patron power is brought to you by Harry's. <laughs> is what you're saying to me it's brought to you by the one hair in my face that goes the other way than the other hairs and i just okay. want to move it david baroldi uh, always knows the best place in town
1: can roll into any town it's like, the best place to have chili around here oh that's down the corner you want to go around like he just he knows the best place in town i need a haircut oh you want to go to stephanie for that and it doesn't matter what Town? No, yeah. You want to go on a road trip with David. He's going he's gonna to unlock all the keys to wherever you're going. It's going to make it seem like everywhere you're going is a magical place because he knows the best place in town.
0: And even if he's never been there before, he just knows it.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a psychic thing. And best best is not, like, no, again, best is not subjective in this. And he's like, well, that is the best. If you don't like it, you're probably wrong. You're Objectively, just being, he knows.
0: Yeah, or you're, you're just being, you know, contrarian. Carl Perry, he can share his pain. Ugh. And what I mean by that is uh, he, c- he can send his physical pain to another person. He can hmm. also bring it back. Can he take it from somebody else and therefore have a surplus of his own? No. But, uh, you know, if he's got like a thing with his foot and it's annoying, he can make someone else feel that pain.
1: And that takes it away from him.
0: Yes. And it's conscious? So yeah, it's not like it. if
1: you're within, like, his orbit, then you're like, "Oh, my I No, rings. no, he,
0: he, he's got, it. it's like, it's it's purposeful. Sort of like the
1: Black Panther's
0: suit? Well, he's not like, he's not like a bl- blow yeah, back. I, it's I just know. like, also, useful, if he's in the doctor, and the doctor's like, well, you know, tell me where it hurts. He's like, I'm going to show you where it hurts. Mm-hmm. And then the doctor would be like, oh, yeah, that, I do, I see what that is. Just so you know, you're
1: about to start drilling my teeth. <laughs> I'd be careful if I were you, there, Daco.
0: Mm-hmm. 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 And share his pain. Mm-hmm. Cody Campbell. He's a gunslinger.
1: Is may or may not be, but it's it's irrelevant because he knows exactly what time you should be leaving for both the movies and the airport.
0: Just those two things, though.
1: Yes. Because it's yeah. a lot of time. Should we go? Should we go early to get seats? Or is is the line going to be long? This is going to be a security – he knows exactly when to leave for the movies and the airport. And that can also be dependent on your goal. If your goal mm-hmm. is I want to make sure that I get a good seat or I want to get there uh, in time to have the popcorn or uh, I, want to, I want to get something to eat at the gate beforehand. It's all timed out. Leave it about, uh, at about 2.30. Leave it at 2.35. You need to give Cody your criteria or does he know
0: your criteria innately?
1: No, you can tell him, you know, he doesn't need everything down to the wire. He doesn't need to know, like, make, model of the car. Uh, but, it, you know, like, I, I, my flight is at 845. I got to stop at Walgreens, uh, and I want to get something to pick up before I get on the plane. And he's like, oh, you want to leave at 520?
0: And so Cody must live in the, one of those places where people live like animals and don't have reserved seating at the movie theater?
1: Well, I mean, there's other factors involved. I see. There's parking. Uh, there's, there's lines, there's, there's traffic en route, there's, you know, all sorts of things can get in the way of that. It's not just, it's not just reserves. Oh,
0: I hear you, man. I, I once was going, trying to go to the theater in, in the valley. Oh God. And, uh, about halfway just turned around and said, not going to the movies.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And. Got off the freeway and went home because there was no way I was going to make him with time. So he would have been helpful at that point.
1: Conversely, when I went to see Solo, I thought, well, geez, uh, when I went to see Avengers, it was a line down the hallway, I would go see Solo, and I got there like a half an hour early, and I was the only person in the theater. Cody would have been like, dude, you can leave five minutes before showtime. Yep. I could have. I could have.
0: Not that I didn't mind the, t- the, the time and the quiet patreon.com slash ifanboy is where you can go join up and every patron can vote in the patron pick and if you're at a five dollar higher level you can get your own dumb superpower on the show and thank you to everyone who joins up and supports us at patreon.com slash ifanboy
1: if you like what you're listening to today and you want to be part of it and help it out and let it continue to flourish and grow get over to patreon.com slash ifanboy we are still working on our next goal i feel like i'll be saying this for a while (laughs) <laughs> to be honest with everybody listening, which would be uh, to have a non comics media podcast. I think the folks on Facebook have done what they can to try to get us, even there, even temporarily hasn't happened yet. So that would be the next thing and, and honestly, eh, doing another podcast every month is is a lot of work, so uh, we're sticking by our guns. I'm not gonna do that for you for nothing. Sorry. Um, you could also uh, and, and again, just you know. In this world where, where, you know, media isn't compensated the same way that it used to be, it's a really important and, and, uh, and generous, two way of sort of supporting the things that you love directly. Um, it makes a big difference to us. Who do this show, and it's it's you know it's a significant portion of our lives still. So we kind of have to justify that, and this is one way that you can help that happen and continue things going. You can also go to ifamboy.threadless.com where you can order uh, any of our t-shirts, t-shirts or those same logos of the seven designs that we have there on other items uh, that are there uh, right now. Uh, if you're into the things that are popular. Nothing makes sense. Nothing matters. Uh, is is sort of the front runner, eclipsing for the first time. Just our our, our standard iFanboy logo, which is uh, kind of cool. That's really fun to have that going on. Uh, you can also, if you want to avoid all that stuff, but you're like, hey, I want to throw you guys a little tip because I like what you do, and you can go to uh, iFanboy.com/support, and you can find a direct link for PayPal there. You can also go to iFanboy.com/Amazon, and there you're going to find links. To Amazon and the books that we have on uh, our Booksplode podcast. And you'll also find links to those on, on each Pick of the Week podcast. The, the pick is, is linked there so to get that or get you over to Amazon. That is a continually, uh, continually really good way to uh, help out our fanboy as well. And we encourage that use.
0: So let's yeah. do uh, one email.
1: Greg writes in and says, last week's episode made me realize, and I could be wrong here, I don't think Bendis ever wrote a true 616 Fantastic Four book. I feel like Bendis on FF would have been a perfect fit. This made me wonder about other great creator character fits we'll never see. For example, I would have loved a Darwin issue of the Commandi Challenge or a run on Green Lantern. Are there any missed creator opportunities that you wish we all got to see? I, I mean, as soon as he said Darwin, I was like, yes. Well, Basically I mean. anything. I, I will say, like... There was a time when uh people talked about i, I mean they're both they both superman related for me there was a mm-hmm. there was a time when uh somebody was taking over superman and and it was put to us like who would you put on that book and and we were all like Darwin, like darwin should should be yeah. the superman artist um either just drawing but I would have gone with writing and drawing as well. I think that's the thing that we missed we you know we talked about Doc Shaner a lot being on Superman um I don't know that we've missed that, but it's a thing that hasn't happened, which seems odd. And then finally, I, I hate to do this, um, but again, Superman. There was a there was a Mark Wade run of Superman that never happened, and right. and like you think about guys who know Superman and know how to write comic books and can do it, um, you know, there's a basically a feud with Dan Dan DiDio, Yep, and he's like, I'm not doing that until that guy's gone. And I think that's that could. I think that uh, there could have been something really interesting there.
0: The Industry is so small; it's hard to say that none of right. things are ever going to happen. So I don't really think about, oh, we never got that, you know, Kurt Busiek run on Flash. Because you're good. Sure. Still good. I'm, and if a guy like Darwin's different, I'd, I'd rather just have the guy back and live. And I don't really care what comics he draws. But, I mean, it's more like, I guess, retired creators or people who are no longer w- with us. It's hard, mm-hmm. it's hard to say. It's hard because you, it's, say you, never, different. you say you never say never. But then, you know, these guys just rotate around. Back and forth, mm-hmm. so I, I think I it would know. be
1: very unlike I mean, Bendis has still got decades in him.
0: Oh yeah, Bendis is Bendis will come back around. And you know, I I would be very surprised if the day came that we didn't see Mark Wade writing a DC book. Who knows what's what will happen in the future with either people in charge or people's feuds or who knows? It's just the the the, the industry is not big enough, and people don't make enough money to basically put any sort of real stakes in the ground.
1: Yeah, and then the other thing is and this is this is the, you
0: know, personal sort of point of
1: view kind of thing. Like I have found a lot of the time with me that the big matchup of creator and property isn't always isn't the thing that's most fulfilling to me. It's it's when there's a surprise. Like if you'd have said to me Bendis and Iron Man. Mhm. I wouldn't have been like, oh, yeah, I totally do that. But it turned out that was a really fun, or Matt Fraction and Hawkeye or something like that. Those surprising things, or Abnett and Lanning on the Guardians of the Galaxy, like, no one could have called that. hmm You know, I, well, that's not true. Editors can call that. They can do that. Right place, right time. Garth Ennis on Vietnam Punisher. Oh, okay. Right. You know, Garth Ennis on, on Cold War, Nick Fury. That's interesting to me. I tell you what, though. Give Garth Ennis a Justice League six issues. Blow you away. It'll never happen. Maybe. He hates those characters. I know, but he could do it. But in that same way, there was a time where if they'd have let him do that, he would have he would have killed on it. And then like over time, like that like isn't gonna happen. So like that's a thing we've
0: missed. Right. You know? Same and Warren Ellis works the same way. You go back to Grant Morrison's JLA. I mean, that's, he's a guy who did all those off kilter, off beat stories yeah. previous to that. So you wouldn't think I wouldn't have predicted that the guy who did Doom Patrol and the Invisibles and Arkham Asylum would have done one of the most straight-ahead, earnest, Silver agey superhero books that would have really lent like a bomb and changed the medium. Mm-hmm. But he did it. He had that in him. And so you never do know. Well, we know
1: why now because he wrote a book. So we got to tell what he thought was important.
0: On the other hand, I think Bendis on the FF would be interesting. I think he has that. Oh, I thought that. Familial sensibility.
1: A long time ago, Jason Aaron told us that his favorite character was the thing, and he still hasn't mm-hmm. written it
0: right. It I think all sorts of things I mean who knows the industry's in such a weird spot right now
1: mm-hmm. but even so, like i really I really don't think about it in those terms. I think about it in terms of like you know what's a good, unexpected thing rather than what's a, a you know i i just, it's I'm trying to think of what a huge like any recent like this huge name or this interesting name is on this huge property and when that excited me and
0: yeah. Well, it's interesting that that's the only real big Marvel family that Bendis didn't didn't touch, you know. He did Avengers, he did he did X-Men. Yeah. And he did Spider-Man. The only real big one left, I guess, is Fantastic Four. Yep. Is there another one? No, I mean, he did Did you like Uncanny X-Men? He did I mean, he did the X-Men books. He did, yeah, yeah, did All-New X-Men. I completely
1: I didn't read it, so I kind of
0: Yeah. Yep, I remember now. Yeah, I guess so. Contact at is where you can email us to get your email on the show. Thanks for everyone rides in. And let's do some quick plugs. Josh, we have a Talksplode this month. We do have a Talksplode. You can go back to the last one, which was Donnie Cates. Uh, I'm working
1: on this one. There will be one before the end of the month. Scheduling is normally difficult, but scheduling during con season has an added difficulty that I had not. Most people are like, sure. Actually, people are like, sure, or they just never respond. So there's been a couple of those. So I've got we've got options. I've got a couple of really interesting conversations. Uh, I've like got a whole back pocket of things that I've been meaning to do for a long time. So that'll be coming up. You can also go back, uh, listen to our books bloat on New Avengers 1, which has proven to be a very popular, it's not the word I'm looking for. People have really enjoyed that show. I think, you know, equal with how much we enjoyed recording it and reading it and talking about it. If you haven't, I
0: really recommend that. I'm available for interviews if you need someone for your talk spot. Okay. How did you get? How just did
1: you break the into comics, Connor?
0: Let's save it for the interview. Okay, that's fine. We also should figure out what our next book book is.
1: One at a time. I'm just saying. I have know, a problem in front of me. Don't give me another problem. That's not going to help me solve it. Two weeks till till the next month. Got to figure no, out. No, six weeks until deadline. You're not you're not working this the right angle.
0: Coming up, our next special edition podcast will be Ant Man and the Wasp, which is coming out in the beginning of July. So that'll be our next. Special edition show, we're in sort of a weird dead zone where nothing's going on. Yes, the next season of Luke Cage is coming out soon. No, we will not be doing a podcast on it. The next special edition show will be Ant-Man and the Wasp in July. I'm looking
1: forward to it. I think I'm traveling when that comes out. Head over to ifanboy.com to find out about all our podcasts, and you find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes up by liking facebook.com slash ifanboy or following at ifanboy on Twitter, and you can follow us individually, maybe. It depends on how I'm feeling that day. On at J.
0: Flanagan on Twitter and Instagram or at Patrick on Instagram. And if you like the show, write a review on iTunes. Or you don't have to write a review. Just leave a star rating. One click and you're done. Do that for any podcast you listen to. It is an easy way, a fast way to help the show you like. Get more people to find it. Better than that is to tell your friends or your family or your postman or the guy that buys the deli makes your sandwiches, anyone, if you think they might like the podcast, let them know. Spread the iFanboy love, just like that guy spreading his mayo all over your bread. That went somewhere
1: that I didn't expect, and I think that's why people should listen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Do you like comic that's podcasts, podcast, Mr. Postman? That's true. That went to another place just there. Not a good place. I didn't say that. I was out of my apartment for one hour
0: yesterday. Hmm. One hour. That sounds like a good day. I don't get out of here at all. That was the one hour in which a delivery which required a signature tried to come. Classic Kilpatrick. It's just like they have a sensor in their truck that says, Uh oh, they've
1: left. I was waiting for a package the other day, and it was FedEx, and uh, it was imperative that it came within a certain parameter of time. And I watched. I heard the truck coming down, and I went, they're not going to be able to slow down enough to make this house... And I just saw the FedEx truck just zoom past my house. (laughs) And it came back around an hour later. And I was like, slow down on that hill, pal.
0: (laughs) That's a true story. If they'd made, try to make the turn and spun out and... Like, stuff goes everywhere.
1: Mm -hmm. I don't want that.
0: All right. Well, that's it for this week's show. I'm going to hopefully not be on cold medicine and thus more peppy next week. I'm Connor.
1: I'm Josh. Goodbye. Goodbye.